begins with this gate drop. Welcome back to the Power to the Ground podcast, your home of motocross and supercross news for the fans and by the fans. This is episode 55. For those of you watching this live, don't forget to like and tag a buddy in the comments section. Also, if you have any questions or comments, leave them in the comments section and uh, we will get to them at the end. Um, I'd like to... Welcome Doug here to the the broadcast tonight. We've got some stuff to talk about, not too much stuff. Um, some new developments in uh, you know stuff that's going on within Power to the Ground, and also some fun race stuff to talk about. Uh, but before we get there, let's jump into some spots. Jump over to BroTacoFoods.com where you can find some awesome recipes that Sean has put together so that you can get the most out of your bro taco sauce. Also, while you're there, check out the store, and don't forget to use coupon code PTTG at checkout to get 20% off. That's right, Sean loves PTTG listeners so much, he's giving you 20% off. So don't forget to jump over there, use the coupon code, and get your sauce today. Jump over to power2theground.com, home of the Power to the Ground podcast. You can create your free membership and get access to things like the Talk MX Forum, make some new friends and the PTTG members, and get access to exclusive members-only content. Jump over to the podcast page, and you can listen to every single episode that we've uploaded to this point. Also, Pickums are coming back for Supercross. You can jump over to the Pickums page, you can make your picks known, and we will be giving out some awesome prizes for the best scorers of the season. Jump over to the store and use coupon code FROSTBITE and get 30% off all cold weather gear. That's right, 30% off. Last but not least, jump over to the Say Your Peace page where you can pay $5 and make me say anything you want. That's right, anything you want. Make it as embarrassing as you'd like. And that's it. Back to the show. So I actually like the fitment of your masks. A lot better than most of the other ones I've gotten. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, it has a pretty nice uh, little slope to it. But yeah, uh, so we're back today. We are uh, we're gonna talk about some round three review stuff. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of a preview on round four. Um, We'll talk about some pickums points. We'll talk about some other some uh, down and dirty with uh, with Doug. Let's a- actually let's get into the down and dirty uh, uh. before before we get there. Before <laughs> we start, please consider heading over to power the number two the ground dot com and making a small donation on the donate page. A little bit goes a long way to helping us keep this thing growing, and of course the prizes will get better and better. Or if you prefer to actually get something, you can head on over and uh, go to the shop. Use the coupon code FROSTBITE and you can get 30% off a beanie or a hoodie. Um, all of those things are great ways to help the podcast continue to grow. 
Um, and if none of those things work for you, please go ahead, like, comment, and share this this uh, video. That helps immensely as well. All right, let's talk some down and let's get down and dirty here. Let's get down and dirty since we got Doug uh, here. Story of my life, man. <laughs> All right, man. So let's talk about this video that you – let's not even talk about the video itself. Let's just talk about the fact that you made a video. Yeah, it was uh, – I didn't know I had it in me, to be honest with you. Like, I'm the type of guy that can barely even turn on a computer, like call IT support <laughs> daily, you know. Um, but it was – I mean, just talking to you, and I can't even remember – what started it but it was just kind of like hey i'll send you a bunch of footage or something like that when i'm out running around on the weekends and then it turned into editing it and then adding commentary and then next thing i know i'm breaking down the the situation <laughs> i guess is what <laughs> we could call it you know so it wasn't bad. Uh, it's definitely a learn as I go type of deal. Um, but it's fun. I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoy how much just the little community that you've built, um, with this show has really kind of embraced me. You know, nobody really beat me up too bad. I did get called special, but <laughs> it's, uh, that was, uh, outside of our community, you know, and it's, um, people seem to like it. So as long as people like it, I'll keep putting in the time and effort to do it, you know? And then if it ever gets too much, just tell me I'm done, man. <laughs> you know? Dude, so. I don't, as long as you're making videos like that, uh, there's no, no chance that that's going to happen. I can't like, I, you sent that to me and before we even posted it, like that escalated really quickly. Cause I watched that video and I was like, Dude, I'm making you an admin on the Facebook page. Here you go. <laughs> Post it. Like, you're part of the team now. Make as many yeah. of those as you want to. Yeah, it's uh and it I don't know how often I'm gonna do it. Um, it is very labor intensive. And it got my YouTube channel shut down. Um, because I do have friends that don't like Facebook. Um and so I I put it up there as unlisted. Um, and Feld snagged me, man, like instantly <laughs> got the old band hammer. So right now I'm kind of fighting with that. Um, and we'll see, hopefully it, uh, hopefully it all works out, man. It's yeah. So I we mean, will, we'll see. We're going to try using our YouTube channel more. Um, in fact, this podcast, the live stream is going to be up on, on, uh, YouTube as well, probably within the next week or two. Um, but also on top of that, um, we're going to start using the PTTG video on the website a lot more. So if no, you know, if for some reason these down and dirties and the, uh, uh, the breakdowns that either one of us do get pulled down from YouTube or Facebook, you can always jump over to the website and go to the PTTG video. Nobody's going to be, uh, pulling anything off of that website. Um, I think. Facebook, we might be good, man, because it got, um, I mean, it went straight to the page and they didn't freak out. You know, they didn't, I think what it is, it's, uh, 
YouTube's super tight restrictions on anything copyright. Um, like I put up my own songs and have them copyrighted and I'm like, this is my song. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's weird because YouTube used to be the opposite. Like everybody and their mother used to do YouTube covers and there was never yeah. any copyright issues. And so now it's completely, yeah. completely different. But it's, I mean, what can you do? You gotta, uh, there's always another place, you yeah. know? So it's, I, but I really enjoyed it. It did take me 10, 11, 12 different tries. Um, and, but like I said, it's a learning thing. So who knows, maybe sometime in the future, it'll be, I mean, we can do it live, you know, with Peacock, I can't pause it or rewind because, uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> who knows, man, it's, uh, it's growing and it's fun. That's the most important thing, Excellent. you know? Absolutely. So if you guys out there, if you haven't seen the, the first episode first ever episode of down and dirty with doug um you can jump over to our facebook page after you're done watching this live stream obviously and uh go watch that that breakdown of what happened at the end of the 450 main that we'll get to now let's let's jump in let's jump into some uh some race talk here yeah i'm down let's uh let's start with 250s so um, I went back, I watched the races again today just so that I could get a little bit more detailed notes on it. Um, so 250 main Craig starts out with the whole shot. Um, the first note that I have after my whole shot is Max Volan. Great start. Yeah. He's coming along, man. Yeah. I'm from watching him kind of grow up just because of who his dad is. And I'm big into amateur racing, watching him come up through super minis, 125, stuff like that. I mean, he, uh, well, not even 125. So he's racing a super mini against 125 and holding <laughs> his own. So just watching him do that. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing him on Saturday nights on, on the big screen is, yeah. is crazy. And he doesn't look bad. I mean, he's got a flow. He has a flow like no other rookie I've seen in a long time. Yeah, he he held he held so he was in the third place spot for the first four laps of that of the the two fifty main and he held off Moseman who was all over him for that entire four laps. In fact, Moseman passed him in the third lap and then the very next turn Volan got him back and held him back and held him off for like another lap and a half after that. Oh yeah. If, Four months ago, this kid is an amateur rider. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I wouldn't even say four months ago because what minios were only like two months ago. That, and I yeah, think he that's raced true. Those. Yeah, that was so like October. He, yeah, he had to race minios to get his supercross points to even be able to race this year. Oh my God. So, yeah. So, I mean, considering that fact, you know, I mean, He's still really young, you know. He's like Jet. I think we're going to see really great flashes in the pan, and then we might not see him for a week or two, and then he'll be back with, like, a huge fire, and then we might not see him again for a little bit, you know. But, I mean, everybody was riding DeCoster, and it turns out DeCoster is better at choosing which amateur should be pro than we are. So who would have thought it, you know? <laughs> 
So we had the uh, the blue bikes with uh, Nichols and Craig. They took off um, from the very like they were as gone. Soon as, yeah, as soon as as soon as they said go, they were gone. Um, so I had it, it, the the broadcast basically followed them for like ninety percent of the of the race, which I understand. It's a battle for one and two, and there's two guys way out front, but. Though, for one, I made a prediction last week. Was it last week? It may have been last week or the week before. I said Colt is just flat out faster than Craig. And I would just like to put a uh, a W in my win in my uh, win column right there for uh, for making that call. Not to pat myself on the back or anything, but. So the the biggest thing I've noticed about Nichols is everyone kind of forgot about him because he's been injured so much. I mean, he's been fast for the last couple of years, and then he was hurt like two years in a row. So everyone kind of forgot about him. And then he comes back at full health, and we're like, Nichols is fast? What? Like, yeah, weird. What you know? Novel concept. Yeah, short-term memory or something. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so – the big thing that I wanted to talk about with this moto uh, was something that you brought up to me right after the races ended last week, and that was Jets Pass. And the fact that nobody was talking about Jets Pass at all. In fact, to this day, I haven't seen one thing said about Jets Pass. I have a hard time calling it a pass. More like a steamroll. Uh <laughs> A demolition derby i don't know if pass is the right word you yeah know? he was he was one step down he was one step down from the ferrandis pass on sexton what was that two uh last year when ferrandis right? just absolutely just sweeped his legs out from underneath him yeah yeah but he's it, only one flat jump into a turn away from being craig right now too so yeah. Like, I don't know. That pass, to me, it just seemed really dirty and kind of out of place. Like, I want to see Jet. I, I do want to see Jet do good, and I do ride him just because I have to remind myself that he is very young, and we can't expect him to be on it every time. Is What is he, like 17 or 18? I mean, yeah, he's, he's, really not even, he's not even a full year older than Max Volan. We got to remember yeah. that. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's hard, you know. It's it's almost like having a really big dog, where they're like a hundred pounds and they're six months old, you know. <laughs> and you have to try to remember that it's still a puppy, you know. He's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna do dumb stuff. So it's, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a pass that I, or I don't. Was it a pass? It was more like a knockover that probably didn't even have to happen. And I think the retribution is not, it's not going to come at a time that's good for Jet, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. I think even more so than the pass itself is the fact that there was zero talk about it. There was no, like, not a, a single fan. If that was Ferrandis, they would have, everybody would have been up in arms. Up in arms. They would have eaten him up about it. But the fact that it was Jet. The golden boy, uh, then yeah. nobody's got anything to say about it. I mean, I do. 
you know, you do. but we uh, saw clearly. from our video that I'm not too afraid to, to pull opinions, you know? Right. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I'm not going to say he, he should be penalized for it because it is super cross. And I do like the ag- aggressive nature of, of some of these kids coming up, but at the same time, there's a time and a place and I don't think that the time or the place is correct on that. I mean, there was nobody else around him and he was clearly faster than him. Like, why not just buy your time and, and pass smart? Because what happens if one of them gets hurt? You know, that's the exact pass that, that breaks bones. So, or ruins bikes, you know, you take them both out of the race. It's hard to say. So, yeah. I don't know. I'll I'll chalk it up to him being just a a young dumb kid, you know. But that, I hope I I do hope that the retribution isn't bad because Moseman isn't slow. You know, it's not like he took out somebody that's never going to catch him. Right. Know, so, and they're gonna they're both top five guys. They're gonna run into each other throughout <laughs> the whole year. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I just hope, uh, as far as being a young, dumb kid, I just hope he, I hope somebody pulled him aside and was like, hey, man, you got to chill there because young, dumb kids that don't learn their lessons. uh, Turn into Jason Lawrence? Yeah, they they don't end up being veteran riders because they take themselves out. So I I hope somebody pulled him aside and and said something to him about it because I didn't even... Uh, look, I'm a Jet fanboy, and I I know that mm-hmm. I know I know that I have a biased opinion of it because I hadn't even taken notice of the fact that that was a dirty pass until you said something about it after the race is over, and I was like, I had to check myself. I was like, oh wow, that yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I said, I'm I'm a I'm not a Jet super fan like you, you know, like I don't have a cardboard cutout of them in my room and, yeah, and sleep, all that. I sleep with it every night. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was just completely overlooked. And it was, um, I, after I kind of, I, I brought it up, there was a few people like yourself included that were like, it was, wasn't it? Like, what? <laughs> you know, like everyone just kind of chalked it up to, to hard racing, but it seemed like on that one, old Jet Lawrence was living up to the J Law nickname, you know, like old Jason Lawrence back in the day. <laughs> so, and I don't know. All right, let's let's jump into the results here. Got those up here on screen. All right, so let's go through the. I'll just do the top five because those are what matter for pickums. So obviously. Colt ended up making the pass um, late in the race on Craig after following him for the majority of the race. Colt ended up making the pass and taking the number one spot. Craig ended up taking the number two spot. Jet made that whatever you want to call it on uh, on Moseman uh, to take the number three spot. Shimoda uh, just, just tried and true, just riding that number four spot. Um, and then Moseman fell to the number five spot because of what Jet did to him to get the number three spot. So um, those are your top five. Uh, and then 
the points, we'll go through the top 10 on the points. Um, because, let me see. We'll go through the top 11 because I think number 11 could possibly break into the, the top 10. So you've got Christian Craig in the number one spot. Then you've got uh, Colt Nichols. No, this is not the point standing. Is it? Is the point standing the same way that they finished this this week? It is. What? No, no, sorry. Flip one and two. So, so your point standing is Christian Craig in the number one spot. Uh, then you have Colt Nichols in the number two spot. Jet Lawrence in the number three spot. Joe Shimoda in the number four spot. And Moseman in the number five spot. That's crazy. Dude. How about Joe, though? Talk Joe. about a dark horse that nobody even spoke his name before the start of the season. <laughs> and he came out swinging. Yeah, dude. And I th I think he's going to be – he. I think he's going to be – because he's so consistent, I think he's going to be fighting for that number three spot. And he's uh, young, too. Yeah. Um, and then in your number six spot, you got Max. Max Volans right. sitting in the number six spot. Um, then you've got Osby in the number seven spot. Forkner, um, I mean Forkner's Forkner's done, so he's just yeah. gonna, he's just gonna keep falling down this list. That's um, another one that I hope stops just being a dumb kid, man. Because the wasted talent right now in the last three years is it's bad. It's yeah, he just can't put it together. Like, and they I can't stand the talk the talk every year about this is a new Forkner. This is a new Forkner. He's turned over a new leaf. He's figured something out. No, he hasn't like, no, they're blowing smoke and it's not doing them any good. They like, somebody's got to tell them straight. And the, yeah, I mean, the biggest problem with Forkner is what's in between both his ears man. like, <laughs> I feel like he just gets in his head and it, he just, I don't even know. He eats it. You know, like yep. he cannot handle the pressure. He's like Tomac from years past, man. Right. Feels a little pressure. And fortunately, Tomac's fails weren't as bad. But. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tomac's just cost him race, uh, cost him races. They didn't actually cost him, you know, whether he can race or not. Yeah. So then uh, to round out the top 10, you have uh, Mitchell Oldenburg in the number 10 spot and then RJ Hampshire in the number 11 spot. I wanted to mention number 11 because I – well, what's going on with Hampshire? Isn't he hurt? I thought he was. Um, let me look real quick. Okay. There's so much news flying around right now. It's hard to, uh, it's it's hard hard to keep to up with it. But um, it's – um. If he's not hurt, I could definitely see him being up there. Yeah, um, I mean, if if he's not hurt, there's only a matter of time until he starts at least landing in the top five and moving his way up up that uh, that points list. Um. So speaking of news, in case you guys haven't noticed, um, what we've been trying to do with the Facebook page is we've been trying to create a hub for you so that. You guys who love dirt bikes, we've got GNCC news, we've got Supercross news, we've got Motocross news, um, MXGP news. If you guys like dirt bike stuff, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to t 
take all of these different um, organizations, dirt bike racing organizations. I'm trying to take all the news and consolidate it all into our Facebook page so that you guys don't have to go hunting around for it and you can stay up to date on everything that's going on. So if you have been wondering why we've been posting so much, that is the reason why. Oh, Hampshire broke his hand, I think. He broke That's his what hand. I think I read. Yeah. yeah. I remember some something like that. All right. Let's jump into the 450 main because then we can get to the end of the 450 main and we can start talking about what everybody wants to talk about. Um, right. <laughs> so the uh, 450 main starts out web with the whole shot. Um, not long after that, Moosecan goes down and then surprise yeah and then i'm like man i i I like seeing moosekin up front so um, so do i it's it just makes things more interesting because he's just not one of those top riders that you think about that's going that could win every single night though he can win every single night but having him when he's on it yeah and having him up front just makes things more it just makes things more interesting um so not long after that um Roxin took first from Webb. And um there was some movement in places after that, though there wasn't much. Uh Tomac made his way up to fifth from uh I believe the ninth place spot was where he started off. Um, but for the most part it was a no show for Tomac. Um Osborne ended up in ninth. Uh, he made his way up from, I think, the 11th place spot, so he only made two two passes, or two or three passes. Uh, actually, no, because he made his way up to the 8th place spot and then fell to the 9th place spot, so I don't know what's going on with Osborne. Um, He's not a Supercross guy, man. Like, he never really has been. He's always been decent at Supercross, but he's been a lot stronger outdoors, at least from what I remember about past seasons, you know, I had high hopes for him because of the way that he finished off Salt Lake city last year. Like he he came on the reason why he, he had so much momentum going into outdoors, probably a big reason why he ended up winning the championship is because going into outdoors, he had like four solid races at Salt Lake city where he was just nailing it. That so track's I, a lot different than most Supercross tracks, though, up yeah. at Salt Lake. Like, I actually enjoyed those tracks a lot. And then, like, we went to Houston, and I'm like, eh. Like, the <laughs> tracks are kind of... That, Houston 3 was fast. Like, when I was yeah. watching the replay, they, those guys were moving. But the first two rounds, uh, they were... Eh, the track was okay, you know? It reminded me of an aggressive arena cross track, but... Yeah, you, you you had been saying that quite a few times. I'm I'm hoping that as we move to different stadiums, we'll have a little bit more, um, at least variation. Like the first two rounds, the the tracks were basically the same exact track. Yeah, there was like very very minor changes, and even the third one was, you know, they took out a couple of turns and just made the whole thing faster. But it was still the same the same yeah um and then the, the the last note back to the 450s the last note that i had was ferrandis with a question mark 
Um, he went down. I didn't realize it oh, until I was doing. I had no idea. When I was doing my research for my video, one of the things that um, Dino said was Fernandez was doing a starfish, and that's what, like, on the ground, and that's what messed him up. So he thought it was Fernandez coming up behind him because if you go back and watch the video they don't throw the blue flag until it's like seen Cirillo coming around like they completely missed the top two riders on huh. every blue flag for the last like four laps so it's that's weird. i mean yeah i mean it's not it's not an excuse but that explains what happened to Ferrandez when wilson's like he was just kind of laying there you know, and it was such a battle up top that the cameras weren't going to go to it. You know, a guy running in, in the bottom side of the 10, they're not going to switch over to it. But yeah, because I couldn't figure it out either. I was like, how is he that far back? Like, at the podium. And he's, right. he's a super technical rider, but it's hard to be technical when you're laying on your back. So <laughs> that's, that's an, that's a very, very strong test right there. Yeah, if you can be technical and still and on your back, man, you got something. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into what everybody wants to talk about. So if you guys haven't watched the video, I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside here because I had an opinion before Doug made this video, and uh, we actually had it out on a uh, a thread on Facebook where he was taking one stance. I was taking another stance. We went back and forth for a little while there. Um, then Doug made this video and I got, I'm totally convinced. So I'm going to step aside and I'm going to let you talk about what happened here. Oh, um, well, it's hard without the replay right in front of me. Cause it's in case you guys didn't know, I'm deathly afraid of public speaking. So like, like the whole thing, like recalling stuff, I, I get all super nervous, but <laughs> at the same time, it was almost, so Webb was tracking him down. I don't think there was enough laps left that Webb would have actually passed him without an incident. But like my biggest complaint is everybody was riding Wilson and yeah, Wilson apologized when he didn't have to, you know, um, and he was a stand up guy about it. And I even read more about it today saying like him and, Kenny flew home on the same plane and they sat there and talked to each other and stuff like that. So like they were all cool and, and Kenny wasn't even that mad anymore at that point. Um, and so it's, but that's beside the point, you know, um, what I really feel is that Wilson probably should have moved out of the way if the flaggers would have given him the blue flag. And I fully think that he would have. And I think what we saw was almost the perfect storm of Kenny feeling the pressure of Webb. And we all know that when Webb is behind you, you never really know where the pass is going to come from. Um, and he's really good at chasing guys down. And then, I mean, Kenny just ran into the back of Wilson. Like, hit him hard enough that I thought Wilson was going to when I went back and watched the replay a couple of times, it almost looked like Wilson almost 12 o'clock coming down that wall jump. So it's like, I mean, he booted him pretty good. And I think that really like flustered Roxon, you know, and then Roxon made some 
some real rookie mistakes coming through that rhythm section. And I think going wide around Wilson would have worked in the bowl turn before it going onto the, uh, the wall jump and then through that rhythms. I think if he was going to try to go wide, that was definitely the place, but going wide in a 180 flat turn the way it was, it, I mean, it would have given him enough speed coming out of that to maybe pass Webb back, but it's still Webb. I mean, when if there was ever a book written on like last lap tactical assassinations, it, it's probably Webb that's going to write it. You know, I mean, he's such a technically sound writer, and it's I'm not even a huge Webb fan. I was when he was on Yamaha, but since he went to KTM, I'm like, eh. You know, like it's another orange bike, but it's, uh, I mean, it, he's so good at the end. And I think Roxon was so worked up that he just, he sold it. I mean, he messed up the rhythm. He hit Wilson hard enough that he came off the seat, you know, Roxon did. So he tried to do the rhythms with no feet on the pegs, which probably isn't advisable. And then when he finally did get settled back in the saddle, I mean, he grabbed so much throttle, he overshot the turn. I don't think he had any choice but to go wide, you know. So I, I feel that it was just a perfect storm of of the flaggers watching the race more than actually paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing on the track. It was because, I mean, it's clear as day. They were throwing it for Cincerillo, and they weren't throwing it for Webb or Roxon at all. You know, and then um, Wilson not getting out of the way and Roxon just being impatient due to due to pressure, you know, and it's it's hard to watch, especially after Roxon made that mistake in the last race on on Tuesday's race of jumping on the on the cross. Right. And then, you know, he comes right back out this one and he he gave away a, a win. So it's. It's hard, you know. It's hard to watch if you're a Roxon fan. Like I am a Roxon fan. I'm always piping up K Rock, you know. But it's, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to watch, man. Especially yeah. when you're, when you're kind of into breaking down the races and and figuring out why whatever happened happened and and really following it. Like you realize, like that was his mistake. Yeah. You know, he he sold the farm, and I could sit here and and blame Wilson for it. But at the end of the day, Roxon's the one trying to win that race, not Wilson, you know? Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I think he fell short. And there was, there was one more mistake that I think ultimately cost him the race. And that was taking the outside line on the sand section. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Webb was so fast going through the rhythm section before the sand and then through the sand. Uh, I think the only way Roxon could have got him back at that point would be to follow Webb as close as possible through the sand and then block past, like just, just pull a jet, throw it in there. Yeah. 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 Channel your inner red bike, bam, bam, and (laughs) give him a little slam slam, you know? (laughs) So, but other than that, I mean, I don't, it, it worked out. It, it, Probably would have worked out if Webb didn't block him also, you know, but that was, that was a great block. 
I, yeah. I was freaking out when I saw it. I was like, how did he know to do that? <laughs> you know? like, I was yelling at my screen, but it was, uh, I mean, to really like enjoy the sport and what these guys do on motorcycles and, and then to watch a last lap like that, that's what most of us have been waiting for since the Carmichael Stew days and is a last lap like that just back and forth just beating on each other you know without even just racing clean but really laying the pressure on right and i loved it man like that was a good race no matter what happened that was a great race oh that was and it was a fantastic race and a fantastic breakdown so guys please go out there and check out the down and dirty breakdown um because it is an absolute masterful breakdown. I'm hoping that I can convince him to do some more going forward. Um, and you know, hit us up, hit us up on the the comments of that video. Let's try to let's try to uh, pump up Doug so maybe he'll want to do more and more and more of those. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was. I'm really looking forward to Indy though. So yeah. that's... Well, let's. Let's jump into the uh, the 450 results, and then we'll talk about some some indie. I, All right. I, yep. So uh, let's go through. We'll just do the top the top five for Houston, because again, pickums. Um, we have obviously Webb took the number one spot. Kenny took the number two spot. Um, Siansu Rulo ended up taking the number three spot, and he actually really wasn't that far back. Um, which is he was uh, the next closest guy at like eight and a half seconds, I think. And then it was in the double digits after that, yeah. like the higher double digits. High, high double digits. Cause they were, they lapped into Dean. 11th. In- yeah. Or 12th because Wilson was number 11 and he didn't get lapped. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, then Barsha took the number four spot and Tomac rounded out the, the top five. And uh, we have a new red plate. We've got a new red plate owner for uh, going into Indy. Um, Kenny is in the number one spot in your point standings for the season. Barsha falls to the number two spot. Um, And then Cooper moves his way up to the number three spot. Tomac is in the number four spot. Ciancerulo is in the number five spot. Brayton is in the number six spot. Though if Brayton... uh, We'll see. Actually, we'll as the the season goes on, I'd be very interesting, interested to see how Brayton holds up throughout the season. Because if he keeps racing the way that he did for the first two rounds, I'm not sure he's gonna stay back where he's at right now. But if he Would races he... like he did on the third round, he'll definitely <laughs> go the other way. That's true. So we got. Um, Brayton in the number six spot, Mookie in the number seven spot. Um, who again, he's, he's still, he finished just outside the top five, which is still surprising for me. Um, I really think that surprising. What about AP seven? Like that dude is getting no love this year. None at all. He's been doing pretty good for everybody ragging on him through the off season. Oh, they should get rid of him and get a real rider and blah, blah, blah. And, (laughs) Like, He's got some work to do to prove that, like, look, Malcolm's getting his first shot at a, a factory ride. 
and Malcolm is making the absolute best of it right now. Like, this is the best I've, especially as far as consistency goes, this is the best yeah. I've ever seen him ride. And So uh, I think the biggest thing that, that happened, because AP7 and Mookie are almost like they, like Han just tied the bikes together. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is that now they have team consistency, like at the trailer and at the shop where before it was, I mean, that was the most hot. I wouldn't even call it a factory team on anything other than budget. Like that team was so messed up, dude, that I think with them doing the the reshuffling of the team, we should start seeing Yamahas. I mean, keep in mind, we have really young Yamaha riders this year in the 450, you know? Um, I think... Who knows? In a couple of years, we could be seeing them up top, scraping it up with the other guys, you know? Yeah. So, but it, I mean, it's like Kiefer always says, you got to have the home life to have the track life, man. And <laughs> when you're a professional racer, your home life is your team pretty much, you know? Right. I mean, they spend a lot of time together, so it'll be nice to see some consistency out of those guys. For sure. Yeah. Especially like the blue bikes just dominate down in the two fifties. So I got to imagine being, being a Yamaha rider, factory Yamaha rider on the four fifties and just like looking at my bike and looking at the two fifty riders and like, what is going on here? But that two fifty program has been squared away. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the difference from going from the two fifty Yamaha team to the four fifty team. And it's almost like, being in a master's program in college and then going back to preschool, you know? <laughs> so it's, you can see it I in think, the results. Yeah. And I think as that team grows together a little bit better, I think we're going to start seeing some good stuff out of them, man. You can, you can call that the old hot take, I guess. I don't know. That's <laughs> I, I just think that's how it's going to work out though, you know, but we'll so, see. Back to the top 10. Then we had, uh, as far as the point standings go, we've got Ferrandis in the number eight spot. Muskan fell to the number nine spot, and then Osborne in the number ten spot. And then you've got AP seven right outside the number ten in the uh, the eleven spot. So let's let's talk a little bit about Indy. Um, I haven't seen. Have you seen the the track preview yet? I I haven't caught it yet. I haven't seen the like the animated preview, but yeah. I've I've seen all the um the actual like track maps, the renders, you know, for Indy. Yeah. Um, they look fast, man. Not a lot of big obstacles, but they look fast. At huh. least Indy one does. So it's uh I think the biggest thing, um, kind of like what Tiller brought up in the uh, the Facebook, is the dirt. And the dirt is going to make a big difference because that Houston dirt is tacky, like sticky type stuff. Now we're getting up into the end of the dirt that like me and you both ride that hard, rocky, like if you sneeze, all the topsoil goes away type dirt, you know? And I think that's going to make a big difference. I think we're going to see some monster ruts and hopefully it doesn't turn into one line, you know? And it's also as they have that dirt all spread out, the moisture is going to go away like it did in Houston. The track deterioration from round one to round three was 
was crazy like how much the track dropped away in each one of those 450 veins so i think we're going to see a a lot of uh track changes especially in the third round because it's not like they're bringing in new dirt they're just going to kind of recycle it right so and just stomp it down as much as they can yeah and i don't know if they're going to add any moisture to it so if it's just sitting out there in the open air i mean you're going to lose a lot of moisture so are you going to be you're going to be at um which ones uh four and five four and five So round four and round five okay and then uh should be pretty fun i got the same seats for both rounds which is kind of weird how that worked out but interesting it's uh i'm sitting almost exactly even with the um finish jump but on the opposite side so okay all right well maybe we'll see if we can get some some video out of you while you're over there maybe jump on the facebook live yeah yeah it's uh i'll see what i can do i'm trying to talk my brother into letting him or letting me borrow his fancy camera um but like we talked about at the beginning me and technology is like (laughs) i'm a lot better at using technology when i get to use a hammer to use it than i am like (laughs) any type of finesse so it's uh we'll see but he's going with me to the second one so i'll for sure have that and then other than that i might just have to take my gopro man because uh i can't show you on the camera but on the back of my phone the screen is like where the camera is is shattered so that's what happens when you have it on your bike handlebars and you decide that you want to wreck (laughs) but it's uh i mean i don't know i'm interested to see how the track does change that's for sure that's going to be i think the biggest factor and it's it's going to play into the guys that have more technical ability so like your moose cans your webs your i mean roxon roxon smooth you know i think you're going to see a lot of that and then if it gets super super rough i expect tomac to be up front so because he's the only one that can muscle that 450 around like it's a little 110 you know so we'll see um so who you got for your give me your 250 top three for for just for round four this is still the same coast yes all right i can't keep up with that stuff they just need to do it together that drives me nuts totally um So I'd probably have to put Craig back up top, up in the number one. And then I think Nichols will probably come in too. Those dudes are both bad fast, so it's kind of a flip of a coin. Who's going to win? And then the third place is what's going to be hard um, because it really is going to depend on the track. Um, You have Moseman. He's not bad. You have Jet. You have Jet versus Moseman or Moseman versus Jet. That could play a big factor too. But I would probably say Moseman doesn't seem like the kind of kid that's going to wipe him out um, too bad. So I would probably put a Jet, put Jet in number three. So we'll see. I've been decent so far this year. I'm only one point out of the lead. So. Yeah, I, I, I see that. So, um, so I'm actually – I've got the same top three for my – just in a different order. I'm going to say Jet rebounds this week. 
and takes the number one spot. And then I, knew I that think one was gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> then I think Colt takes the number two spot, and I think Craig rounds it out in the number three spot. Yeah, I could see that definitely happening too. I just don't know how good Jet's gonna be if the track gets hard. You know, yeah. if it gets real ruddy and stuff. That's we'll see though. That's I trust Nichols and and Craig. I mean. Craig's got more seat time on a 250 than I think the Yamaha test riders do. So <laughs> I think he's pretty comfortable on on any of those bikes and, and the star bike. It is just phenomenal. So mm -hmm. that's kind of I would like to see him win a championship. I don't know how he's gonna do in four fifties, but we'll see. Yeah, it's a it's a little uh it's a little late in the career now for him. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's he's he's approaching. Uh, well, no, he's he's right on par with where Osborne was when he jumped off the two fifty. I think Osborne was twenty nine when he when yeah. he made the transition. All right, yeah, so what about four? So. What about four fifties? Ooh, this is another one that it really depends on the track, man. But I'll probably put. I don't think the the rocks and web saga is over, so. I have a feeling that those two might probably dominate the rest of the year, which is good for me. Cause while you guys were all picking Tomac, I was like, it's going to be Webb Roxon. And then I had Osborne coming in third, but that dude, he snuffed the fire. Man. Yeah. But it's, uh, I think Webb's going to come back from that, from that amazing last lap pass, man, and carry that banner right into next week. I'm going to have to take him, take him up top, you know, and then I'll probably put Roxon and then, Seen Cirillo looks like he's really calmed down, so I'll keep him in third. So we're going to repeat after this week, man. But I well, could see Roxon being super mad and coming out the fastest we've ever seen Roxon. Yeah. I mean, he kind of started that He kind of started that race out that way. But then he had to pass somebody. Yeah. All right. So I think after what happened this week, Everybody's got an issue on their hands, and that issue is Cooper Webb. Yeah. Um, I think Coop is going to take the number one spot. Um, I think Tomac is going to take the number two spot. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure who... If Tomac finishes in the number two spot, I could see it going one of two ways. And that is that Tomac came through the pack and um, ended up passing Kenny for the number two spot. And Kenny falls to the number three spot. Or I think that Tomac finishes, uh, starts poorly and makes his way through the pack. And Barsha links onto Tomac and Barsha ends up jumping up onto the podium because he's following Tomac for the race. So... I'm not sure. I'm. I think I'm gonna go ahead and say we're gonna go Webb, Tomac, Roxon. That's not bad. Tomac's definitely having a Tomac year this year, though. Yeah. But from what I've seen so far this year with Roxon, if he is put in a position that he has to make a pass that might have any type of percentage of any type of contact he's out he's not going to make the pass so if he doesn't get a good start 
I feel like he's going to be screwed. Like he's just out there for hot laps. So I think his confidence in, I think it's a, a twofold problem. So I think he's feeling better than he has in the last two years physically. And he's afraid to go back to where he was. And I think that that is playing mind games with him when it comes down to making the hard pass. And that's why as much as I want to see Roxon win, that's what's really holding the reins back is that's kind of how I'm seeing his season go right now. Cause we saw it with Bam Bam. I mean, he could have blown Bam Bam's doors off, but I mean, they spent so much money on that hype video. You might as well let them win. Right. Yeah. And then, um, I think, I think that was another thing that we saw last week where he could have made the hard pass. He could have dove to the inside on Wilson on that flat 180, but they might've touched. And so he went way out. He stopped by, got some nachos, you know? So I don't know. It's going to be, uh, that's going to be something to watch out for this year. You know, does Roxon actually start to make the hard passes again? That's, that's a very interesting take. I mean, I mean, he's he's a guy who has been to the top, to the bottom, and now he's trying to make his way back to the top again. But I'm sure mm-hmm. his head is still definitely keeps in mind though that time when he was down at the bottom. So, yeah, that'll yeah. definitely be that'll be something to keep a lookout for. All right, let's jump into Pickham's results. Um, for if you guys are playing Pickums out there, I did make a change on the website, so we do have a round by round breakdown of the Pickums points now, so that you guys can tra- talk trash. I had I had four people, one of them, uh, well, I'll consider my mom and dad one person, so I had four people total total uh, message me or call me and tell me that I needed to do a round by round breakdown, so. Uh, all of you guys can now look round by round and uh, talk trash to one another about who won what round. Um, we did, we're having an interesting trend here that I've noticed. For round one, the average score for everybody was 6.4. The average score for round two was 7.2. The average score for round three was 9.4. So there's uh, there's an a definite trend, which would make sense. There's more information to go off of now. Um, but let's let's talk top five here. Top five in uh, the Pickums are Terry Schaefer. We've got in the number uh, one spot with 26 points. In the number two spot, we have your man Doug with 25 points. And then it's all luck. I guarantee it. <laughs> Then we've got Lester Fanton in the number three spot, uh, technically, with uh, 25 points as well. Steve just edged his way into that number uh, four spot with 25 points as well. And then Brian Bearden in the number five spot with 24 points. And I am one point outside of that top five. I'm at the 23 points. So... This is turning out this pick 'em stuff is is uh what do you think of the point system? 
I I happen to think this point system works pretty well, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I don't fully understand it. I just jump in and, and kind of pick people and hope that Jet doesn't take out my <laughs> my riders. But it's uh, I mean, I like it. It's um, I like it more than the others because like with pulp with the handicaps and all that like that's definitely an outdoors game man like watching some of these guys trying to do that during supercross i feel so bad because like <laughs> you want to go for the guy that's towards the back but the back in supercross is a very very fine line you right. know and then um like rocky mountain is hard because you only have 450s and I like watching the 250 guys, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I don't know how, what, so the 250s, I think instead of only looking at the 450s as the premier class, I think those 250 riders, most of them can jump on a 450 and do good, you know? So what I would really like to see is just professional dirt bike racing in general really kind of adopt that there's a 250 class and a 450 class and kind of treat it that way rather than trying to treat the 250s as the 450s because what's going to happen well even this year there was what like three rides open what's going to happen next year right. you know anderson is i think the only one that's out on contract i think maybe bogle as well but it's you know i mean the rides are getting shorter because these guys are, you know, their sports medicine is finally catching up with our sport, you know, and, and I think that's that's really going to add some longevity into this. So I think it's really time to start considering the 250s as a as a a top tier sport along with the 450s, you know. So yeah, yeah, they've for a long time they've they've tried to bill it like. The 250s are college football to the 450s NFL, and it's just not the case. And you can see that with, like, rider after rider making the jump from 250 to 450 over the last few years and just transitioning, like, yeah. <laughs> flat out. I mean, it started started with Roxon. Roxon came up from the 250s to the 450s, boom, ready. Um, Ciancio Rulo, 250, 450, boom, ready. Sexton, 250, 450, boom, ready. Like, it's just rider after rider, it seems. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, and... it's just a matter it's, – it's CCs. It's not a matter of talent. That's all it is. Well, and then you look at the lap times, and they're really not that far off. They're like one or I two mean, seconds off. Yeah. I mean, you could get the top – five in the 250s right now and put them out there with the 450s and they'll probably still finish in the top 12 yeah you know what i mean like it's insane you know and, and you can't tell me that it's because they're a feeder class you know i mean those dudes could ride circles around anyone listening to this podcast ourselves <laughs> included they're pros man like that's what they do eat sleep breathe dirt bikes man and i just I would love to see them actually look at the 250s as more of a, a longevity class rather than just a feeder class that fills gaps on the TV, you know? That's Definitely. my take. I agree. <laughs> I agree 100%.
All right, let's jump. Let's jump into uh, questions and comments here. Um, my mom in the number one, <laughs> number one question: Did you get a haircut? Yes, I did get a haircut. I got a haircut yesterday. Got a couple of them cut. Yeah, few of them. Few of them, in fact. <laughs> um, Austin. Them. Austin says we like Doug's dirty videos. I'm assuming he's not talking about the dirt bike video. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, my dad said that was a little aggressive. I, I remember seeing that come in. He was talking about uh, Jet. Jet. And uh, I would yeah. say a little aggressive is an understatement on that one. That was uh, It was above and beyond. Now, uh, Tiller wanted to talk about the dirt, which we brought up. Uh, let's talk about the indie dirt and how it's probably going to change over the course of the week as the moisture leaves. They're saying it's probably going to be moist for the first race and will dry up to feel like a different track by next Sunday. The, the changing conditions over the week cause for another crazy week of shuffling. Question mark. Yes. Yes. Just flat out. We are, I don't think we're going to see, especially in the 450 class. I think the 250 class is pretty, I think your top five really at this point is your top five in just one order or another. But the 450s, I think we're going to see a lot of shuffling. In fact, your 250s, the top five this in round three were the top five in round two, which are the top five in the point standings right now. So, uh, like, you got your top five right there. Yeah. Um, the 450s are going to – the the 450s, you might as well just take some some dice out and just throw them for, for your top five picks. Um, yeah, I mean, there's – I don't want to keep saying that it's a stacked class, but, I mean – it is. It, it is. It, even they admit it. You know, the guys that are racing are like, what do you want me to do? I got a bad start and I have to pass literally some of the best riders that we have seen in decades. Right. You know? And uh, oh. so Steve Steve ended up getting 12 points on his pickums this week um, for round three. And he got eight points coming out of the 250 class. So... <laughs> He only ended yeah. up picking up four more points from the 450s. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult it, – the 450s is a difficult class to pick right now. Yeah, it's – I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with it, to be honest with you. It's just kind of like where, you know, like <laughs> – I don't know. <laughs> yeah, time to time to pull out the 450 hat and pick some names out. Yeah. Um my mom said no just me. I don't know what she's talking about there. Um Oh, you were you said your mom and your dad are together on the they're oh, in cahoots gotcha. for the fantasy. Yeah. My dad thinks that he didn't want didn't want to make the pass and yeah i agree um and i think he that could be applied we're talking about roxon here i think that could be applied to him passing barsha and wilson like after watching your your breakdown of that and him just staying behind wilson like he didn't have to stay behind wilson he could have taken another line at any point in that like lap and three quarters that he was behind Wilson. Yeah. 
Um, maybe he was looking for an excuse anyway, Mark said. Yes, you know what, Mark? Um, Steve, Steve thinks that way very much so about Roxon. Um, Steve's always had a thing about Roxon and his excuse making in his post race interviews. Um, so Steve probably liked my video then. Steve probably <laughs> liked your video. <laughs> yeah. And he said, wow, joined at the right time. I don't know what he was talking about there, but, um, yeah. So Roxon, when he was making his, oh, not even really when he was making his comeback before he went down with the first broken arm, um, it seemed like he always had something going on. He would be like, you know, he would, he would fall off his lap time, like a two seconds at the, the end of the race. And he would be like, you know, uh, I was racing along and I just had a really bad cough and I don't know what happened, but I just fell off yeah. the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, uh, just random, yeah. random excuses. Um, I mean, it's not as bad as the, uh, post hole digger or driving fence post or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. And then we got Steve just talking trash and then, uh, see Mark says, yes, he's the number one twenty five Cowie, my friend from Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh, Luke Nice. I'm familiar with, uh, with niece. Um, we worked with him a little bit, uh, last year, the year before, um, you hear a lot more about him in outdoors. He's definitely a good outdoors rider. Um, he's made the show quite a bit. I think most of the time through, I think he made almost all the rounds in 2019, wow. I think. So he's, he's another one that watching come up through the amateurs. And that's what I love the most about amateurs. And that's like with uh, Grant Harlan when me and Tiller were going against each other in fantasy last year. Like I just made this random pick and just made like 400 points last year. And they're like, why'd you pick that guy? And I'm like, guy, watch amateur racing, man. Like you can see these guys coming up, you know? Right. So it, I mean, I don't know too much about Luke and Supercross because it is the top three, you know, I mean, the camera only follows them. And, but I do try to read as much news and articles and stuff that I can, but unfortunately not everybody follows the, the guys a little bit further back than like the top five or like the big names, you know, and right. it's, uh, that's actually kind of why I started down and dirty with Doug. Cause that was my whole goal was to kind of bring that out. And then I got all excited with the rocks and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, I think I transformed it, but I might still go back a couple times. Like if it's kind of a, a boring race or something like that, I'll definitely go back and try to highlight some of the, some of the amateurs and stuff. Cause you can always, I mean, YouTube's a great place. You can find videos on everybody. So, right. So, all right. So, um, let's wrap this up. So Doug, thank you very much for your, for joining me tonight. It was a last it was the last minute. It was like an hour and a half before the, we we started setup. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, what you I doing?" Had to tonight? Find somebody to take my kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I so. appreciate I appreciate you, uh, you know, going jumping through hoops and and taking some time out of your night tonight. Oh, no problem. Um, I I enjoy doing stuff like this, man. Anything like what I told you, man. Anything moto, hundred percent down. 
<laughs> just do down it. with it yeah so uh yeah everybody out there be sure to be on the lookout for the uh down and dirty with doug segments they will be dropping uh sporadically on the uh the facebook page we're gonna keep up with doug he's gonna be doing a bunch of racing over the next few months he's gonna be out at a bunch of different series talking about those different series hopefully we'll get some uh some more breakdowns here and there from some of the, uh, the races going on. Um, you can find them on the Facebook page. They'll be up on the YouTube page, um, within the next week or two. And then, um, also on the PTTG video tab on the website. Um, so that's it for episode 55. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, guys. Uh, don't forget to share, like comment um share 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 help us get this out there um also please consider jumping over to the website making a small donation um or grabbing yourself some merch those things help make this thing possible and help it grow immensely so again doug thank right. you very much for your time man and oh uh, no problem and the mask like we were talking about before, man, your masks fit well. So go get you a power to the ground mask or use the sweet code right over here. Frostbite, get you a beanie or sweatshirt. <laughs> Dude, it I can't help. believe, I can't believe you got that point. Right. I always get it wrong. The best part about having my camera far away is I can look at the screen and tell it's backwards from what it is on my phone. Oh, so, <laughs> all right, guys. Enjoy your night. We will uh, we'll see you next week for episode 56, and we'll be talking uh, two rounds, two rounds next week. Yeah, and hopefully I have some live footage, man. Yeah, from Indy, man. That would be sick. And that's oh, all yeah. we got. So peace. <laughs>